We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH and 96.5 TIC. Well, I thought that this was an important show to do because here we are getting into fall. We just had a few cold evenings and chillier days. And as we move into fall, you know what's after that, winter. And this is really a big time of year in Connecticut where people start to think about making sure that they're going to be warm and make sure that their energy is going to be reliable going into these very cold months. So we're bringing on Brenda Watson. She is the executive director of Operation Fuel in Connecticut. Good morning, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Brenda, so much to talk about here and only a half hour to do it. I mean, can we get a preview just to start off with how things are looking for this fall and winter season? You know, I've been hearing some reports and, you know, it's always hard to tell with forecasts very early on. But, you know, we're hearing those reports that maybe it's going to be a very cold winter and um, definitely people worrying about inflation and paying their bills and making sure that they stay warm. So, I mean, can we start off with just a summary of where we're at in Connecticut with this whole issue? Well, if summer is any indication of what the uh, fall and winter are going to look like, I'm pretty nervous. Um, we we have a summer-fall program that starts in July and ends at the end of October, and we've seen a record number of applicants come in. Um, in the first eight weeks of the program, uh, we reached 2,000 households. Um, applying for assistance, and quite a few of those were applying for fuel, which also sent a signal um, to us that uh, people need fuel for um, hot water, um, no matter what time of year it is. And I I don't know if uh, we we haven't studied the stats yet, but I wonder if people were um, seeking fuel assistance earlier on because um, of the uh, rise in cost, um, and also because of fear uh, with all of the media reports around there being a fuel shortage because of our current geopolitics. So um, I'm really quite worried. We Right now, as of today, we have nearly 2,500 applicants in our system, and we typically serve around 2,000 households um, in the entire summer-fall season. So uh, given the fact that we have... Um, over a month or about six weeks left in this program season, I'm I'm really worried, and uh, we've already um, we we budget around 1.7 million for this time of year. We're very likely uh, going to spend closer to two, if if not over the 2.1 million. 
Well, let's start off with this as well. What are you hearing from people? Obviously, they're concerned, but what are some of the things that they're specifically saying and telling you about their concerns? Um, most folks are um, really concerned about, uh, first of all, not knowing if they qualify for our programs or not. Um, uh, folks are really worried about being able to keep the utilities on in their home because they have ch- uh, children um, who need lights to do homework. And also, um, my heat kicked on um, in the middle of the night. It dropped down to 40-something degrees. Um, so it's it's that time of year where, um, you know, the shutoffs are going to start coming soon uh, for folks who are struggling with energy affordability. And um, for uh, quite a few people, there's just not enough money to keep up with the cost of food, the cost, the, the increasing cost of food, the increasing cost of home energy, along with the increasing cost of, of rent. Um, so um, folks are um, struggling out there. Is it a struggle for Operation Fuel? I mean, you mentioned just a minute ago about how you're likely going to be pushing $2 million for this season for Operation Fuel, and that's maybe 300 or so thousand dollars more than what you would typically budget for. Is that a factor because you've got rising uh, prices for fuel? Is it because you have more people signing up for assistance? And are you guys worried about your ability to pay that extra cost? So I think it's a combination of all of what you just said. Um, the rising cost of home energy along with fuel and, um, uh, yeah, people being able, not being able to keep up with the, the cost of basic needs and the cost of living in Connecticut. Um, we are a little worried about being able to meet the demand. Um, we're doing everything that we can now in terms of fundraising to, um, you know, Help, help bring in more resources because the more resources we have, the more households we can, um, the more applicants and households we can help. So, um, yeah, we, we are a little worried. Last year we had a banner year. We um, provided over $5.2 million in grants um, and uh, served nearly over 10,000 households. And we haven't had that um uh, a program like that, a program season like that since about 2007 um, when we were awarded a $15 million grant from Governor Rell at the time. So, um, you know, our resources have dwindled a bit between that time um, and uh, I would say about uh, four years ago. Um, we've done very well in um, increasing the amount of uh, revenue resources that we we have so that we can help more people. But again, I've never seen this many households or applicants come through um, our program this early in the season. Uh, we typically peak around February, but I'm feeling like we've peaked in, in August. That's insane that you're peaking here and it's the summer months and people are trying to get ahead of this and get in early. What's the application yep. period and what does the application process typically mm-hmm. look like? Okay, so the um, like I said, we have um, a summer-fall program that starts in July and ends at the end of October. And there are two ways in which people can apply. They can either go to our website and um, locate the fuel bank or intake site that's closest to them and make an appointment and apply that way. Or um, folks can go to our website and access our online application, and they can apply um, in the comfort of their own homes for as long as they have access to the Internet and a computer. Um, So those are the two ways in which you can apply. Um, 
And uh, the application process is not that comprehensive. Um, if you go to an intake site, it might take about 20 minutes. Um, and if you do it at home, same amount of time, depending on, um, you know, if you have all of your documentation um, ready to go and ready to upload. Um, but it's not a very long process, and we've actually seen more um, applicants come, um, well, <clears throat> I wouldn't say come to us, but apply via our online application um, bypassing the fuel banks because, uh, or intake sites, because it is, it's a lot easier to just apply at your le leisure, you know, when you, when you can do it. So, um, you know, after work hours or even on weekends, um, folks can access the online application 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If somebody misses the deadline and you guys are no longer accepting these applications, what happens? You know, is there any kind of perhaps forgiveness or do you consider late applicants or no? We, um, depending on the situation, may consider a late applicant. Um, but the, uh, the other um, piece is that the state's energy assistance program, also known as SEEP, that's the Connecticut Energy Assistance Program, um, is currently now accepting applications for winter heating. Um, so that is a good way to kind of balance the, the, the time that, you know, we shut down at the end of October. Um, we reopen for applications in December. Um, so having uh, the Connecticut's Energy Assistance Program um, available for folks um, for heating is also a, a really great uh, way to um, keep the assistance flowing for folks who, who may be struggling. This morning on Face Connecticut, we're chatting with Brenda Watson. She is the Executive Director of Operation Fuel, helping families and individuals across Connecticut with their energy affordability and, and as for fall and winter, helping to keep them warm. Well, let's shift the conversation a little bit. I know that another thing that you guys do at Operation Fuel is advocating for energy affordability, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, That's what, correct. What goes on at that front? I mean, how do we try to get out there and say, let's stop these increasing prices or help make it affordable better for people, even if the prices do have to go up? So that's a regulatory issue, um, and right now through the uh, Public Utility Regulatory Authority, um, the chair uh, of that, uh, also known as Pura, uh, opened up a docket to investigate a low-income discount rate. And um, right now that investigation, I believe, is close to finalized. There's a draft decision. Um, I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, um, but our policy director, Gannon Long, has been um, heavily engaged in that process um, from day one. And um, I believe comments from us are due soon. Um, so that, that is um, something that Operation Fuel has been working on since the days of Pat Rice. You might remember Pat Rice, my predecessor. Uh, she, that was her mission. She wanted to uh, implement a low-income discount rate in Connecticut um, because all of the New England states, including um, New York and New Jersey, uh, have a discounted utility rate. And um, since 2005, through the time that she retired um, in 2016, it was one of her policy objectives. Um, unfortunately, at that time, the temperature just wasn't right in the state. Um, but now we're finally getting to a place of where um, 
There's uh, political engagement on a low-income discount rate, uh, uh, rate along with um, our regulatory body who's investigating this. So I think we're going to get close to achieving that goal of a discounted rate. Um, at this time, I can't speak to what the details are, um, but I'm happy to come back on a show and, and um, get into it and, and provide that update. Oh, absolutely. We'd be happy to have you back on. Brenda Watson, the Executive Director of Operation Fuel, when that time comes. And so is that something that you're going to be trying to push for and talk about and advocate for? The legislative session will be starting before we know it early next year. Is that something you're going to be out there doing? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think we're long overdue for a discounted rate um, in the state. You know, the utility companies, they charge everyone the same rate. And um, I can understand that, but at the same time, um, there are some serious affordability issues um, that also tie into um, folks not having um, access to a reliable grid. Um, There are people who lose power all the time when uh, there's a storm event or, um, you know, natural disasters come through, it's the same people who lose power, um, but across the board, everyone is charged the same rate. Um, so there's a bit of an imbalance there. And, you know, it's, it's time that we take a deeper look at how um, the, uh, you know, the utility companies approach this issue because it, they're providing a, a life-saving basic need. And unfortunately, the way that our, uh, you know, um, uh, going back over 100 years ago when um, electricity became something that, you know, folks could have in their home, it really was about, you know, um, earnings and, and being able to sell. So times have changed. And um, we see now that having utilities in your home, having heating, having cooling in the summer, having water, um, the, these, those things play into one's um, health and safety. And if um, folks don't have access to reliable uh, water, safe drinking water and reliable energy, um, it really significantly um, impacts your health. And and for some cases, for some people, it can actually be, um, you know, a matter of life and death. If you're relying on um, systems to keep your, your help, help you with your breathing, um, that, that, and your power goes down, that's a that's a huge risk to one's health, and even for for people who have um, heart conditions, uh, there are people who need to have cooling in the summer, and without it, it can mean a trip to the emergency room, and um, you know that it's that that's never a good thing. Well, knock on wood, we were pretty thankful this summer not to have a massive storm like, let's think back to Tropical Storm ECS in 2020, mm-hmm. where a lot mm-hmm. of people were out of power for a week, in some cases a little longer. And uh, at least a few days, uh, people were out of power. So we did not have anything catastrophic like that this summer. And knock on wood, hopefully we don't this winter. But let's say that we do. What are some ways that people can make sure that they're prepared for it? Is that something that you guys advocate for to people who are part of Operation Fuel? We try to. And yes, um, what people can do to prepare is by... um, simply paying attention to those alerts as they come in. I think there's a fair amount of denial because Connecticut seems to be a bit of a bubble 
where, you know, we really do have good policy in this state, um, good energy policy and good regulatory policy um, and, and good water policy. Nothing's perfect, but at the same time, um, you know, things that happen in other parts of the country are not happening here, like what happened in Texas a couple years ago and um, what's happening now in Alabama with the water. Uh, we don't have those issues, but at the same time, people do need to pay attention to those alerts as they come in and um, take the threat very seriously. Um, do what you can to prepare um, so that you keep your food refrigerated as long as possible by maybe purchasing some ice, um, you know, purchasing some coolers uh, for situations like that, um, and, you know, keeping keeping a kit with candles and other things that you're going to need to get you by. Um, there are other programs that are kind of coming down the pike, um, such as battery storage. Um, the Connecticut Green Bank is um, the operator for the state of Connecticut to help deploy 10, uh, I think it's 10,000 megawatts of um, battery storage. Um, what they want to do, or actually I might have the megawatts wrong, I think it's 100 megawatts, 10,000 households they, they want to serve over the next um, three to 10 years. So what that means is if you happen to have a home with solar and you pair that with battery storage, when your power goes out, the battery will kick in and keep your electricity going for a few days. Um, if you don't have solar, you can still have the benefits of battery storage. And we're working uh, with the Green Bank to help deploy that program um, for the population that we serve. Um, and the other thing that people can do is, you know, if you have some time, take a look at the Pura website and, and get a sense of what's happening in terms of the dockets that are going through. Because there are a lot of energy-related issues that are happening through that process that impact everyone every day in their everyday lives. So um, there, those, are, those are the things that we recommend. You actually mentioned something that triggered another question. We're talking this morning on Face Connecticut with the executive director of Operation Fuel. Her name is Brenda Watson with us this morning. You mentioned water, right? And there are various water issues going on across the country but uh, right now. But thinking about wintertime, it gets cold. Maybe somebody doesn't want to keep their house too hot or too warm because of their concerns <laughs> with heating and so forth. And therefore, you get a frozen pipe or maybe more frozen mm -hmm. pipes, okay? So this is definitely a concern. And what do you have to say and talk about when it comes to frozen pipes? That's that's an awful thing. I've actually uh, recall um, a new fam, uh, not a new family, but a family that were new to home ownership, <coughs> excuse me, um, who wound up homeless because their pipes froze as a result of not being able to fill their oil tank um, because of affordability issues. Um, there were other things happening in the home that led to that. And I just think back on that experience for those folks. And I just, it breaks my heart to, to know that that is what is driving some of the homelessness or, or people's homes going into foreclosure um, because of unpaid energy debt. Um, I, you know, I think that what people need to do is not wait at the last minute to get assistance and not make the assumption that they don't qualify. I mean, we go up to 75% of the state median income, which is around $94,000 annual gross annual for a household of four. 
And, you know, that sounds like a lot of money, but given the cost of living in Connecticut, you know, once your taxes are paid, that's that's 30% off the top. Once your rent or mortgage is paid, that's another potential 30% off the So that's 60% out the door already of your income. Um, so don't wait to the last minute. Go to our website. Give us a call. We also have a chat feature on our website in which you can chat w- with one of our staff members to, um, you know, for folks who don't like talking on a phone, uh, to ask questions about the qualification process. Um, and, and there are other resources out there. Uh, if you live in a uh, municipality, um, you know, there are quite a few private fuel funds that are also available to people who live um, in certain towns. So, um, and then there's always the state energy assistance program, so also known as SEEP. So, you know, there are options for people out there. Um, the other option is to call your utility company well in advance. Let them know that you're struggling because I can assure you that the utility companies do not want to turn people off. Unfortunately, they just have to. Um, but if you make arrangements with your utility company, um, um, that's another way to avoid shutoff. And even some fuel vendors um, have a payment system, um, a monthly payment plan. Um, so you just never know if you don't ask. Basically, this morning we're talking on Face Connecticut with Brenda Watson, the executive director of Operation Fuel. And basically, when people think about Operation Fuel, they may be just thinking about heating. It's not just about heating. And um, there are so many other impacts when it comes to fuel and uh, going into these cold months. Water, uh, electricity, also gas for cooking, too. Cooking is often impacted by fuel as well. That's correct. Yes. Um, If you own a gas stove, um, yeah, you can't turn your um, stove on if your your gas is shut off. And if you, you know, if you have an electric stove and your electricity is shut off, you can't. Um, uh, Once your power goes out, you begin to see exactly what you cannot do. And one of those things is you can't lead a productive and safe life if you don't have utilities or heat or water in your home. These are life-saving basic needs, and um, it's unfortunate that so many people struggle with it. It's, it's not isolated to Connecticut. 30% of the U.S. population struggles with um, energy affordability, and uh, it really is a crisis. It's a national crisis. I'd like to leave off. We only have a few minutes left here on Face Connecticut. I'd kind of like to leave off with this bigger picture question, right? Are there ways that we can fix this going into the future by looking at different energy forms in your eyes? I know that we all have a mix of different, we, we kind of in the United States have a bag of different energy resources, but I know that we're heavy in one particular area. How do we diversify as we move into the future to help with this issue, Brenda? Mm. So the state of Connecticut is working uh, really hard to deploy clean energy products to people who are struggling, everyday customers who at one time could not afford things like solar, um, and I spoke about battery storage earlier. Uh, those, those products are now being, assess- being made accessible to the everyday consumer. And honestly, those are the best ways in which you can keep your energy burden down and make yourself a little bit more resilient. Um, our power went out a couple weeks ago. It was only out for about 90 minutes. Um, but what kept our street illuminated uh, was everyone on our street who had solar lights on their deck. 
And I, I was just wondering to myself, like, wow, imagine if everyone on this street had access to solar. Well, we have access to solar, but what if everyone had solar panels on, on their homes? And what if everyone then had battery storage as a backup? Um, it just, you know, all of these things uh, are, are working, um, but they're also going to help people, like I said, reduce their energy burden. You know, people should investigate by going to the Energize CT website. You can learn about all of the different rebates um, and incentives that are available to everyday consumers to get them towards a path of uh, uh, renewable energy. Brenda, it's been a pleasure having you this morning of Face Connecticut. Could we wrap up with one last question here? Could you just run down again some more basic information, how people can get in touch with Operation Fuel, how maybe they can make donations? Yes. So the best way to reach us is by going to www.operationfuel.org. Um, do not wait until the last minute if you need assistance. And most of all, if you're in a position where you can give a dollar or more on your utility bill and gas bill, you, that's one of the easiest ways to support our efforts. The more money we raise through that por- program, the more assistance we can provide. Brenda, thank you so much. We'll have to do another update soon, okay? I'd love to come back and talk to you about the low-income discount rate, and I'll be in touch with you when a final decision comes down from Pura. Fantastic. We'll talk then. Thank you, Brenda. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.